This is the Comstock Report podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. Hi, everyone. Hope you're doing well. This is Matthew Cruz at Comstock Investments. I'm here in Royal, Iowa at our headquarters with Eric Relf. Eric, how are you today? Good. How's it going this afternoon? I am well, fighting a little bit of a cold, so it is chilly right now for this time of year. It was, uh, I think it got down to 47 here in Northwest Iowa yesterday in the middle of the night, so. Yeah, we're all of a sudden feel like we're in Canada here. I know, right? Uh, yeah, the temperature's doing all sorts of weird stuff. I was listening on the radio how there was a, a day or two this week where it was, it was actually warmer in Canada than it was in Miami, so. Uh, it's, uh, it's temperatures doing all sorts of weird things. So, well, I guess maybe we need to change summer locations. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about the price action that we saw this week. You were just telling me how, um, we we're kind of all over the place, but we, the market really didn't change very much for the week. What did we see? Yeah. So looking at December corn and November beans, December corn didn't go anywhere. We finished the week a quarter of a cent lower than where we, finished last week and you know that's something that your dad and I had talked about to start the week was okay a lot of times the 4th of July will dictate direction and right now it looks like the direction is going to be sideways and that was certainly the case this week of course we've got enough data points coming out next week that probably won't hold true uh, or if it does it'll be a bumpy ride to nowhere Uh, but beans after the sharp incline late last week we saw a little follow through to start this week and then uh, profit taking took over, ended up, uh, 25 cents lower on the week in the November beans. So a little bit of a different story there, but, uh, that's to be expected after the sharp sprints in opposite directions off of that acreage report on Friday. Yeah. So it, uh, I think the markets now that's digested that acreage report, it's looking for more direction and, and we have the, the, uh, July 12th crop report coming out next Wednesday. And, uh, so I, I think the market is, is looking for, um, reductions in, in the, in the crop size and the yield, right? So it's, it's not a question of if there's going to be a reduction, it's a question of how much. And, and, and do we see it in July? That's yeah. And do we see it in July? If yeah. we, if we don't, if we don't see anything in July, it's going to be, that's pretty negative from that. Yes, that'll right? that'll think, be nasty. I would think the market is looking for a reduction here in July, or at least I am. I would, I would, I know it's maybe not as common in July, but, uh, this has been an uncommon season, I think, so far. And so I think that necessitates a response from the USDA and making a reduction. You know, we've, we've been analyzing the numbers here and, and with that increase in acres, uh, and a little bit of cut in the, in the quarterly stocks that, that took our overall carryover from that 2.2 billion bushels in corn up to 2.4, 2.5. And so just to take us back to that 2.2 level, we need to see a cut of roughly five bushels per acre, I think, in the corn, which would take us from that 181 and a half yield for corn to 176 roughly. And so. Right. I think that's doable. I guess that's what I'm looking for. You know, of course, we don't know how the USDA is going to respond. I think anything less than that will be negative for prices, in my opinion. If there's just a three-bushel cut, I don't think that's going to be enough. But uh, 
you know, if we are fortunate or lucky and we see a cut bigger than that, I think you could see a, a, a little bit of a rally if we see something greater than five bushels. But uh, I think most people are looking for something. The question is, is how much? Right. Right. And, and I would agree. And one of the things that the USDA has done in the past and it wouldn't surprise me if they did this year is lead the report off with the, with a disclaimer basically saying that although these yields are our best guess as of the dates of the survey collections or what, whatever, however they term that, they'll, they'll often preface the report with, but subject to change in future reports. And so if we see some kind of lead off like that with a three or four bushel reduction in yield for corn, then maybe the trade will go, okay, well, they're getting started. Maybe we'll see that much more in August or, or by September, you know, so maybe something like that would be possible as well. Uh, so it's all about trader perception when the report comes out. I think that generally speaking, four to seven bushels is what's being broadcast by most analysts right now. That's the expectation. And that is the expectation for this July report. So I think we'll see something here. And corn's just been beat so badly, especially once we finished the session on Friday last week. There's been so much downward pressure. Uh, you, you've got to think at some point enough's enough. And maybe this week's low at that 85 and a half, I believe it was. Uh, 485 and a half in December corn. Maybe that was the low. Uh, and, and we'll find something to hang our hat on, whether it's in Monday's crop progress report or these major reports on Wednesday. Yeah. I think July of 2019 was probably the most recent example where the USDA made a pretty drastic cut of 10 bushels per acre. Uh, but that was following that, uh, kind of unprecedented late planting season, right? right? Where everything was pushed back a month or more. And, uh, and, and ultimately the crop, I think, did bounce back quite a bit. Um, but, uh, they did make a, a, a pretty big cut that the, more than what people were expecting. They were maybe expecting a little bit, but, uh, 10 bushels is, is quite a lot in, in a single month for the USDA to make. And I don't know if they're at that point. We maybe can't expect that again, but, uh, I don't think it's uh, unfair to ask for a, a five bushel reduction, you know, just so we can, keep the market from moving lower at this point. Well, and and a couple of the other things, you know, these are going to be major points within this report is as I talk to people, whether it's from cattle feeding country in Kansas or, or uh cow calf country in Missouri, all over the place, there's just a, a shortage of feedstuffs. And that could be in native grass. It could be in hay. It could be in grain. doesn't matter. People are having a really hard time getting their hands on feed and that doesn't really uh correlate with what we've been reading from the USDA hearing from analysts and well we we're probably going to see some reductions in feed usage because head counts are lower and things of that nature but until very recently there's been nowhere else to go with these animals other than commercial feeding operations and so i, I think there's a potential there also Ethanol grind was huge. Margins are huge. They're not going to back down, especially with this cheaper corn. So you're seeing some increase, uh, in, at least perceived increase in demand on the ethanol side as well. And, and you're talking about two thirds of your, of your corn usage there. And so everybody wants to hang their hat on this, uh, this export book that isn't overly impressive, but I don't know that it's going to matter much in the end. And, According to the discrepancies between the branches of the USDA, we should see a lower carry in as well. So there's, there's a few angles here where I think you should, you could see some bullish surprise for the corn. You know, talking about the bean market today, that's been kind of 
confusing here because we obviously last week saw, um, you know, a pretty big rally. What, what did we add? At least 80 cents last week or more, maybe buck. And, um, and now we're starting to give that back this week. And so, uh, I was really hoping we'd see more follow through this week following last week's acreage report. Uh, just because there, there really is no more, um, projected, uh, soybean supply at the end of this year based off of the, the reduction in acres. And so, uh, essentially they're going to have to start cutting exports or start importing beans, I think, uh, before we run out of supply. That's how, that's how drastically tight the soybean stock scenario is. Right. And, and, and so it's, it's a little confusing to me where you look at the charts and it looks like it's, it's sold off. Um, pretty hard Monday and continued to sell off more here today. Uh, it looks like it wants to go down some more. And I think it's just, I can only assume it's just kind of quit shifted its focus from, from the ending stock scenario and just looking at what's going on in the weather right now. It looks, looks like it's going to be favorable. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And every day this week was just a stair step lower. We started the week out on a, on a high note. We made a new high and then settled well off of that high. On Monday, of course, we had the holiday on Tuesday, and then you just work lower Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now, after the up move that we saw uh, the week prior, especially on Friday alone, and then that follow through on Monday, it wasn't a big shock to see some kind of a retracement back, uh, some kind of a corrective pullback. Whether it's going to end here or not, uh, obviously, we'll find out next week. There is arguments to be made on on uh, retracement levels that that could have been it today. Uh, but then the argument could also be made that we could go 30 cents lower yet. So we'll find out uh, next week. But I think you're exactly right with regards to condition and improvement in the field, weather-related stuff. Uh, you, you've got a crop that's maturing, and soybeans, uh, as you well know, look a little, little thin, a little scraggly when they're when they're a little immature. But then as they start to fill out, boy, they the appearance just changes completely. And I have a feeling we're going to see that reflected on the crop progress report on Monday. I think we'll probably see some, I guess, call it reasonably large improvement in the condition in soybeans, maybe three, four percent, something like that wouldn't be out of line. But then focus is going to turn to what does the weather look like for next month? Because obviously everybody knows the beans are made in August. Yeah, I think on Monday you're going to start to see a rebound in the crop progress uh, in both corn and the beans. However, they're still uncharacteristically low at this time of year, right? The, oh, yeah. You, 50% or 51% compared to, you know, mid-60s um, on average, or at least the last couple of years. And so uh, it's going to take a lot more rain. You know, this seven-day forecast is great. But it's going to take much beyond that yet to to really have the the crop rebound and and uh, and so. But yeah, I, I, you're going to start to see that, and that's what the market I think is focused on. Just you know, the it's the start of a potential rebound that uh, could see a, a partial or full recovery. I think you've got both corn and soybeans sitting at pretty good levels to make some kind of a rebound. Uh, there there's definitely arguments to be made for both to to find support in here and. Uh, I, I would look for that to maybe be the case. And, and today we might get a little assist uh, to start next week from a sharply lower dollar. I mean, you had the dollar down almost a full point today, 92 or something like that. Uh, just a hard break in the dollar while crude's moving $2 higher. I mean, those are, those are major outside influencing markets that the, the grains just shrugged off today to end the week. So maybe we'll see some response to that to start next week. 
Yeah, and that's true too. Let's talk about some of those outside influences. Right? I think we saw a jobs report today that was positive, and so um, does that mean that it's maybe the going to increase the likelihood of further rate increases? What do you think? I, I've got to think so. I mean, the the expectation right now is for two more quarter point hikes yet this year. Uh, I think that would be conservative. So I think the idea that they would do more than a half a point before the end of the year as far as interest rate increases, uh, that's definitely on the table. You've got strong jobs market. They're still saying there's something like two jobs for every job seeker right now. Uh, stock market's telling you we're not going to go into a recession. As long as things look positive, uh, they're probably going to keep incrementally moving this thing because they do need to hurt things a little bit. And we still have a dollar that's sitting at basically 102 right now as I'm speaking. Until we get that back down to par or lower, we're probably not going to do ourselves much good in the export market. Okay. Well, what else do our listeners, do you think they need to know going into next week? What do they need to be prepared for? Well, this is uh, some of the most chaotic times that we've ever seen in the grain markets, particularly. Last week, I think I read in multiple places that that was the most volatile week in the history of the corn market. This is uh, this is just unpredictable situation where you've got massive data points coming out all in a two-week time frame, straddling basically two holidays. You go back to Juneteenth and now the 4th of July. Uh, so you've got these extended breaks or, or holiday breakup weeks inside of a weather market with multiple reports coming out. I would say just be cautious, be protective, keep your keep your risk in mind with any kind of trading and protect yourself because as we've seen time and again in in all grain markets and and really in the livestock too especially of late they can move a long ways in a hurry and and what is it the the market can be irrational how does that go the market can be irrational longer than you can stay solvent there you go yeah so uh, protect your solvency that would that would be the biggest thing and you know the cattle market had a nice update today but really finished the week without any major movement to speak of. And I would look for that to kind of be the case unless we see a massive turn higher in the corn. Then that's going to pressure the feeders and the fats will move sympathetically lower as well. So I guess those are the things we're looking for to start next week and and keep an eye on the dollar. It doesn't need more than a few more down days to give us something to to help out our overall export program. And we might start seeing this new crop move a little bit. Okay. Well, yeah, that's all we got today. I hopefully we'll we'll see some good news here in the report next week. Thank you everyone for listening in. If you'd like more information, feel free to subscribe to our report. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.